Welcome to the You Got This podcast, featuring authors Donnie and Sandy. We invite you to settle in, open your hearts and minds, and be inspired to trust and present hope in the Lord. When you allow Him to lead the way, you got this. Hey guys, welcome back here to another awesome episode of You Got This. We are your hosts, Sandy and Donnie, from Your New Life Ministries, and this is Season 3, Episode Seven and eight. Seven and eight. This is going to be a two-part episode about rise up for the love of God and what does love look like. And we're going to expand on these topics with different topics. Uh, one being love is going out of your way for and for one another and do not discriminate. Also, topic two is a love does not condemn and does not choose one of one over another. And three, love not only goes out of its way, but it also heals. And four, it's never too late for Jesus to forgive. And love stands up for you. And your pun- and it takes your punishment. All this goes back to what is love and is uh, how do you know what God is love? Well, he shows his love in many different ways. More than our parents do. I mean, because God created everything. He loves everything. He hates to see violence. He hates to see hate in general. Uh, God has no place in his world for hate. He doesn't hate anybody. Just as his children. We shouldn't hate one another. As the Bible verse says, love your neighbor as he loves uh, loves us. It's as simple as that. So we're going to continue on with this discussion. I'm going to have my lovely wife say what she wants to say. Yes, so we have a lot of Bible reading today, and because it's in the Bible verses that we chose that will help you to understand love doesn't hate anybody. And if people said that that Christianity and all that is all about hate, well, no, it's not. It's because God's love compels us to love people and to not judge people, because he is the final judge. There's going to be a heaven, and there is a hell. And where do you want to spend eternity? Okay, do you want all the hell? Do you want all the hate? Do you want all the violence to be experienced here on earth in heaven for an eternity? That is without end. Me, for one, no, I don't. And so that's why there has to be some kind of limits. That's why we have laws in society. Is because... We have to have limits. People can't just steal from people because they want to do it. They can't just kill somebody because they want to do it. So you have to have laws. You have to have guidelines to follow. And God gives us those guidelines in the Bible. And if you love somebody, you don't want to hurt them. So really, he says, my commands... You know, they're not burdens. He goes, no, they're not. If you love somebody, if you love him, you don't want to do anything to hurt him. He says, love me with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So if you're loving God, you're loving your neighbor, you're loving yourself, you're not going to want to hurt any of those. And so really, his commands are not burdensome. He wants us to love people, not to judge people. And those people who do give and say they're Christian, they give Christianity a bad name. And please, forgive me for those people. Because that's not what Christianity is about. It's about relationship. If you are a parent, don't you have rules and regulations, and don't you have do's and don'ts that your children can't do? 
and you put those in place for they so they will learn right from wrong and so they will not hurt themselves or hurt anybody well we're made in god's image so of course we should have the same thing from him why so we don't hurt ourselves and so we don't hurt one another so yeah your 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 uh the ignorant comments about you know it's all hate speak no people say that people complain when they don't want to when you tell them something they don't want to do you know they want to go steal they want to go party well you know it's going to end up hurting themselves they're going to become an alcoholic they're going to become an addict and they're going to hurt their family so it is not hate it's for our benefit that we follow these things we love our neighbor we love ourselves god is all about love and the topics that we chose as donnie read is to explain just that it's all about love we discipline our own children and we love them so it's the same way with god people give christianity a bad name because they're not doing it from the heart and from the truth of what the Lord is all about. So these verses that we're showing you um, bring out the very definition of God and his one and only son, Jesus Christ. His love is an unconditional love and agape love. But it's also a phileo love, which is a brotherly love and an intimate love, which is an eros love. We only operate in a phileo and an intimate love. But God operates in all three, and especially in an unconditional love that we don't have to do anything for him to love us. We just have to believe in who he is and receive him. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5, verse 8. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that who should ever believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. John three sixteen. That's right, and uh, I just, uh, my wife touched on a little bit here about the uh, love to not discriminate, and Christians, we do, we're not supposed to discriminate, but sometimes Christianity, Christians, and the word Christian, they get it wrong, because the word Christian comes from the Hebrew language, it's supposed to be uh, some kind of um, insult to people. Christian, the word Christian is always meant to be an insult, because the Pharisees used it back then, as an insult to Christ, Jesus. And what did we do? We come around and turned around and made it what we wanted to make it. And it's not about Christianity. It's not about religion. It's about my, what my wife said earlier, about having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And people always say, well, are we supposed to help our fellow neighbor? Yeah, we're supposed to help them, absolutely. But we, we got to teach them how to help themselves. We're not supposed to supply their every need. As, a, uh, uh, as the old saying goes, we, we give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. We teach a man a fish, he'll, he'll eat for a lifetime. We're not supposed to cater to their every need. We're supposed to teach them how to live. That's right. But we are called Christians after Christ, Christ in us. And the disciples were first called Christians. You can find that in the book of Acts in Antioch. So these different denominations, uh, Catholic, uh, Protestant, Pentecostal, Baptist, Methodist, Lutheran. Okay, none of that is in the Bible. 
The only thing that is in the Bible is Christian, and you can find that in the book of Acts, meaning that Christ is in us. And so we are going to start reading these verses. What does love look like? Let's begin. First John 4, 7 through 11. Beloved, beloved, let us love one another, for love is, love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Absolutely. And I guess I got that wrong earlier when I was talking about Christianity being an insult. I was told that, I taught that in my Sunday school class, that they were using that word to mock Jesus, to mock his followers by saying Christ like in Christian. At least that's what I was taught, but maybe I was wrong. And so I'm sorry for that, people. And it won't happen again. So we're going to go to our first topic. Love is going out of your way for another and does not discriminate. So the first one that we're going to begin reading is about the Samaritan woman, the woman at the well. And the Jews didn't associate with the Samaritans. But let's read and see how Jesus handles this. Yes, let's see how he handled it. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples left Judah and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to the city of Samaria, which he saw sicker, near the uh, plot of ground that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, uh, Jesus, therefore, being weary from his journey, sat and thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew that knew the gift of God who is it and who it is who says, You give me a drink, you would have to ask him, and he would give him you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you had nothing to draw with, and the live uh, and nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then you do get the, that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and the livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will soon become a fountain of water spring into everlasting life. So, continuing on, the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor, uh, nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, 
I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming you will neither neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for the salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you and he. You see, Jesus didn't have to go through Samaria, but he said he needed to. And that's what I want. And, and some of us look at things, even in our own life, from a natural point of view. But Jesus was talking spiritually, spiritual living water. We will never thirst and hunger for that peace when we feel such a restlessness in our heart and our soul and nothing's going right. But with him, you can have peace in your heart because you know, you know, God's got my back. He didn't need, he didn't have to go to Samaria, but he needed to. He needed to so he could reach her. So he can just trash this, you know, division. Jews don't talk with Samarians. Okay. In the United States, we have so many diversities of people here. But God wants us to be brothers and sisters. And men, women, the elderly, the young, people from Mexico, people from China, people from Russia, people native born. It doesn't matter. We're all, we're all children of God white, black, brown, it doesn't matter. We're all children of God. We're supposed to love each other. And this is the point of this passage is love does not discriminate. When she said that she was a Samaritan, Jesus didn't reply back anything else but telling her about the Lord who he was to her and how she will thirst no more for his spirit. That's all it's about. And yet we want to twist it around to make it our own ideologies and make it what we want it to say, but not what it was truly meant to be. That's the whole entire point of this podcast is to teach you about God's love and what God has done for us and what he will continue to do for us, not to cause division, not to cause hatred. And I just love how the other side always says we're full of hate because we got people coming across our border in our houses uh, and not supposed to be there. We and we only want people to come in the right way. That would be know who they are, where they are, because we don't want no child molester coming in our house, hurting our kids. We don't want somebody who has a felony record carrying a gun coming to our house and taking our house away from us. That's what this whole entire thing is about. We need to vet them. Knew who that woman was before she even said who she was. He already knew who she was, how he's going to talk to her, what he needed to say to her, all right in there. He knew that. That's what we got to know about people as well. That's right. So it's not that we don't want people coming in. It's we want them to come in the front door. 
you yourselves, don't you put locks on your windows and doors? But shouldn't us as a country do the same thing? Come in the right way. Because that way we're not letting a whole bunch of violent Christians come into our country. Don't you want the safety for your family? Well, what about for the United States and our people? So they want them to come in the right way to apply for citizenship and have real taxes taken out, not working under the table, out of their check like the rest of us. If I have to pay out the nose in my taxes, well, then I want everybody else who comes to this country and works to have the same fairness. It's not right to the rest of us to give everybody else privileges who comes in this country the back door and then make us suffer for it. That's what it is. It's not about hate. It's coming in the front door. So love does not condemn. And he didn't judge it. He didn't discriminate. In fact, he wanted to show him that he was there. He wanted to show that woman at the well that he was willing to serve her. And it didn't matter that she was a Samaritan. That he wanted to give even life everlasting even to her. Love does not condemn topic two, and it does not choose one over another. It forgives. Ooh, I love this story, and I love the hypocrisy in this story. Um, the woman caught in adultery, and the hypocrisy of the religious leaders in this story. John 8, 1 through 11. Jesus went into Mount of Olives. Nearly now early in the morning, he came into the temple, and all the people came to him and said, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her down in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now, Mo now Moses in the law, he commanded us that that uh, such should be stoned. But what do you say? To, uh, this they said, testing him. And, and they might have something to which to accuse him. Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, "He who is without sin, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a throw a stone at her first. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted, convicted uh, by their conscience, went out one by one, begging the elder beginning with the oldest, even to the last. Jesus was left alone, and the woman stood and staying in the midst. When Jesus raised himself and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are your accusers? Has no one condemned you? And she said, No, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go sin no more. Don't you love the hypocrisy in that? It brought out the woman. Where was the man? And... What about the religious leaders that pulled her out, caught in the very act? That means they were there. That means they were there and they were doing something they shouldn't have been doing. So, you know, I love this. So we're so quick to point out everybody else's sin. 
And there's another verse in the Bible that said, that I'm paraphrasing this, don't worry about the speck in your brother's eyes, but worry about the plank in your own. That means you probably got a bigger sin. And they, they were just as guilty of sinning as the woman. A different sin, but sin is sin. The Lord says in the Bible, all sin, all wrongdoing is sin. So whether you're peeking in somebody's window or you're there taking part, or if you're a man or a woman, guess what? All sin is sin. So their sin was just as bad as hers. Oh, the hypocrisy. We should not be going around judging everybody else for what they look like, what they wear, how they talk, where they're from. We should just be loving them and letting God do the rest. Showing them the love of God. Showing that homeless person on the street and offering them a smile. Or to pray with them. And vice versa. Just because they're not homeless and on the street or coming out of a bar don't mean that they're the only ones that need prayer. It can be that woman dressed like a model or that man look like he works on Wall Street. It doesn't matter or somewhere in between. We all need the Lord and sometimes we're all hurting and we all mask it. The hypocrisy of those religious leaders. And I'd like to think that maybe Jesus was writing their sins down in the ground. Who are they to condemn? None of us have the right to condemn anybody. Romans 8 verse 1 says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We are to love one another. And that's what he tells us to do. God is the only judge, not us. Someone is, he does something wrong that's against you. Well, that means that their heart, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's what the Bible says. That means that their heart really needs a lot of praying for. Why don't you pray for them instead? And that way you don't have a root of bitterness growing up in your own heart. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break here and play a song called Kim Walker Smith. Love has a name. We'll be right back right after this. No. 
Hey guys, welcome back here. I hope you enjoyed that song by Kim Walker Smith. And we're going to continue on with the discovery and discussion about what is love. The topic three love not only goes out of the way, but it also heals completely and takes care of all your needs and keeps promises. The Good Samaritan, represented by Jesus. So I'm sure we've all read the story about the Good Samaritan. We're going to read in Luke chapter 10, verses 30 through 37. Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down the road, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side like wise a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So when he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him the next day. When he departed, he took out two denarii and gave the innkeeper, gave him to the innkeeper, and said to him, "Take care of him, and whatever more you spend when I come, I will repay you." So, which of these three do you think was the neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, "He who showed mercy on him." And Jesus said to him, "Go and do likewise." Okay, I really love this. I really love this because the thieves represent Satan. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. John 10, 10. Jesus represented that good Samaritan that he came and he paid a price to two denarii. Jesus came and paid the price of his life. The innkeeper represents the Holy Spirit who is left behind to take care of us until Jesus returns because he promises to return just like the good Samaritan promised to return. And then there's the priest. They represent the high and mighty lofty ones that think they're good to talk to that homeless man on the street. Then there's the Levite. Oh, they were too religious. They're the ones sitting in church and looking up their noses and putting up their noses at people who walk in who don't have the money, um, who don't have the money for those nice uh, model-like clothes. But they're coming in because they want to worship their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what you look like. It matters what the heart. It says, I think it's in 2 Samuel 15, I believe, that it says, um, the Lord doesn't look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. 
What are you looking at when you see people? How are you treating people? Are you treating people by who they are, where they come from, and how they're dressed? Are you playing the role of the priest or the Levite? The Good Samaritan was the one who didn't care what they looked like. He didn't care who he was, whether he was supposed to associate with him or not. He's the one that bandaged him. He's the one that gave him oil and wine, representing Jesus Christ and his salvation and his promises. He comforted him as Jesus comforts us with his mercy and compassion, his forgiveness, his wisdom, his protection, and his provision. Yeah, Jesus come here to help us along the way. He, I love how some people say, oh, yes, he's in religion or faith of the trust. And as we always say, and we always continue to say, Jesus isn't religion. Jesus is a faith. Jesus is having a personal relationship with our Lord and Savior. He is going to guide us to where we need to be. And, and that's what he's doing here in these stories. He was guiding as he was on earth to show us where we needed to go. Now, did some people listen? Absolutely. Some of his followers listened. But did the other people? Nope. They persecuted him. And he still loved them in the end. When he was on the cross, he forgave one of the thieves on the cross. And as we all know what happened there, his truth came to light when he died and he caused the big earthquake that he said was he was going to do in one day. And they still didn't believe it. All that goes to show you no matter what people say and no matter what people do, there's no amount of convincing of anybody that anything is a truth. Because they're only going to see what they want to see with their own eyes. Well, you've got to look past your eyes because your eyes can deceive you. So, where were you and what were you doing when you were first saved and Jesus didn't care? And he chose to send his Holy Spirit into your heart upon you asking him. We need to stop treating people as though we've been saved all our lives from birth. And we need to remember where we came from. We need to remember the things that we have done in the past before we were saved and the things we did just yesterday. None of us are so perfect. The Bible says there is no one. No, not one. All are as filthy rags. And Romans 3.23 says that we all fall short of the glory of God. We all fall short. How are you treating that one that you meet on the road? How are you treating that person who may look differently and dress differently from you or talk differently? How are you treating that one? It doesn't matter what their skin color is. It doesn't matter who they're married to. It doesn't matter how they talk or how they're dressed. We are to love everybody. It is not our job to judge people. God says for us to love one another. And he says, if you hate your brother whom you can see, how can you love God whom you cannot see? That is in the Bible. Are we loving our fellow man? Because these examples that we've been reading to you so far is what love looks like. Exactly. So what are you doing to help your neighbors? Are you talking to them? Are you spending time with them? Are you getting to know them? Food for thought right there. But in closing, just want to keep, uh, just want to tell you, 
love is love and no matter what we're supposed to love our neighbors we're not supposed to condemn anybody we're supposed to share their message we're not supposed to convict anybody and we're sure as heck aren't supposed to condemn anybody we're supposed to share the word of god the best of our abilities and if they listen awesome if they don't well then go back to Mary way because they're not going to listen no matter what but we're going to take time we're going to give you a prayer i'm going to have my wife close out in prayer and uh we're going to tell you about what's on going on next week Yes, and I just want to thank all of you from all over the world. We have people in England. We have people in Russia. We have people in South America and in Canada. We have people in Mexico. We have people all over in the United States. We have people in Ireland and the Netherlands. We have people in Germany. We have people all over. And if I've forgotten anybody, oh, we have someone in Singapore. So if I have forgotten anybody other any other country, just please forgive me. I'm including you as well. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask for you to touch all these people in the mighty name of Jesus, wherever they are, and help them to know that they are loved by you. And give them that confidence and that identity that they need to stand and hold their head up high in Christ, that they are a child of the King. They are a child of the king, God's chosen possession, a special possession, a royal priesthood. That's 2 Peter 2, 9. He says, you are God's special possession. I love that part of that verse. You're special to him. Don't let anybody make you feel less than who you are. You are a child of the king. Whether you're alone or whether you have family, you are special and you're never alone. You have the Holy Spirit in you. You can always talk to me. And I pray that God provides your needs, whether it's financial, whether it's emotional, whether it's mental, whether it's physical, whether it's just needing someone to love you, whether it's help to restore a relationship with something you've done. Forgive yourself and then forgive those who wrong you. Ask the Lord to help. If it's healing in your body, I ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, touch that one right where they are. In the name of Jesus, touch them. Because he says, I am the Lord who heals you. And you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. If you pray believing, so believe and you will receive it in Jesus' name. Declare yourself healed this day and keep walking in it till it manifests. Because just as with the blind man that he healed, at first he saw men walking his trees, then God, then the Lord Jesus had to touch his eyes again. And then he could see clearly. So sometimes it is a process. So if your healing doesn't take place immediately, keep believing because sometimes it's a process. And he ha has a different avenue. Sometimes he'll touch you and heal you instantly, instantaneously, miraculously. But sometimes he'll use other people or different health remedies. But regardless, every good and perfect gift is from above. Receive that healing today. And I ask above all that you give people wisdom and understanding, compassion, mercy, and comfort where they need it. And I ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And I'm going to hand it back to Donnie to tell you about all our updates and to tell you where you can find us. Yeah, updates of this. Um, 
we're still in the process of getting this book, The Train Ride, uh, to be released. Hopefully, it will be released in the next uh, coming months and uh, from our brand new publisher. So, uh, check a look at that. It's called The Train Ride. It's going to be available everywhere that books are sold. So, uh, we'll keep you updated on that through our newsletter. All you do is sign up for our newsletter at yournewlifeministries.org and we'll keep you updated on the new, po the new things happening. Also, we are in a pre-production for our TV, our streaming series called Deep Waters, based on my lovely wife's book, Deep Waters Within. Jamelli Films is uh, partnering with us to bring this adaptation to streaming services. So, take a uh, take uh, take a look at that one. We love to know when it's released, but we're in pre-production. If you want to donate, please visit our Kickstarter, Deep Waters on uh, Kickstarter. That's uh, and you'll have a chance to become an executive producer or any other kind of rewards that we have listed on there for a small donation to help us bring this book to, to streaming services everywhere. Also, if you want to uh, friend us on Facebook, Instagram, and just visit our, uh, our website for uh, keep on uh, news updates. They're exciting and coming soon. All right. So don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and all other social media platforms. Also on YouTube as well. Uh, but anyway, uh, we'll take a look at you later. And also, part two of this particular podcast will be next week. We'll finish our discussion on what is love. Okay? So check a look back at us next week. All right, talk at you later, guys. And my wife wants to say something. So, yes. And if you don't know our website address, it's yournewlifeministry.org. Or you can email us directly at info at yournewlifeministries.org. Uh, and email us your prayer requests, your questions, or even a special topic you want us to teach on. And we'll be glad to reply and answer those requests as soon as we can. So until next time, God bless and you know you got this when you let God lead the way. <laughs>